Ruby Gran and the Lovers Ruby Gran gads around the world with her nurse attendant staying with each of her sons and daughters none of whom are willing to let her live alone in her own home as she claims she wants to She likes to be busy so she helps out at whichever home she's at She preps veggies so stylishly it's almost an art form smooth continuous peels and even slices all the time chatting or watching tv her fingers moving precisely like a machine never needing to be guided by her eyes she knits and crochets and does all the piled up mending only permitting us to thread her needles of course sometimes she's a menace and makes my sister and me sit beside her and stitch buttons and hems and i protest manfully but it cuts no ice with her our mum gloats the computer and the mobile phone have no mysteries for ruby gran for how else would she stay in touch with her loved ones facebook twitter and insta of course but more importantly the granny gossip circuit She's always the first to know of births, marriages and departures in the community. And she does it all while looking harmless and innocent and without stirring from her well-stuffed armchair. MI5 could take lessons from her. When the lockdown was implemented, she was with our family, and that turned out to be a good thing for us. For she lived through the great war as she called it. and had personal experience of voluntary incarceration and shortages so the lockdown didn't phase her one whit she made it all feel so straightforward that we didn't experience any of the anxiety we heard about from our friends we had a good airy home with electricity and water and adequate food and many hands to make the work light what could there be to grumble about she declared I was at my desk one afternoon during lockdown pretending to study so mum wouldn't call on me to perform some other mindless domestic task when I heard a commotion in the street a man and woman shouting at each other they shouldn't have been there they should have been safely at home as we were i thought though they should at least turn down the volume then there was a scream a frightened female scream I jumped up. That was an entirely different thing. I should mention that at one end of our street is a girls college. So not now during lockdown, but otherwise, twice a day we have a stream of girls passing our house to and from college. We also see what are called lovers. Young couples, often on motorbikes, they park in the shade of a tree and stand around and chat. Perfectly innocent. But they couldn't do this at home in the sight of their elders it would be disrespectful the chaps often have a helmet on and the girls have their faces wrapped in a colorful scarf whether it's against the heat and dust or to stay incognito is anybody's guess the individuals change but the courtship rituals go on semester after semester we pay them no attention some trees are more popular than others for reasons best known to the lovers the one outside our house is a favorite the lovers take selfies and pictures of each other 
I find it all a bit gross, but it's easily ignorable. During lockdown, of course, the street was mostly empty. Occasionally, people passed along, even strutting down the centre of the road. The lovers must have been consumed with longing to meet, I supposed. It was irresponsible. It was reprehensible. I joined mum and gran at their viewing station. My sister was already with them and gran's attendant. The girl had got off the bike and was standing up on the pavement by the time I got to the window. We could see only her back, but she looked strong and confident. Their voices were raised and excited, though the words weren't intelligible. The attendant had started looking out on them the moment the first shriek had started. So she had the whole history of the squabble. What he did and what she did and then again what he did. According to her, the guy had snatched the girl's cell phone and handbag and was refusing to return them. First and foremost, they had no business being out romancing during lockdown, she ranted, fully wound up, as if someone had done her a personal injury. Then to arrive without masks, bringing their germs into our community, onto our street and in front of our very house. No consideration for anyone else. On top of that, to fight shamelessly like urchins in the public street and having drawn everyone's attention to themselves for him to physically rough her up. That last was too much for Ruby Gran, never one to let the grass grow under her feet. She immediately scooped up her shawl and a mask and was changing into her outside slippers. Mum tried to stop her, but she would have none of it. Of course, Gran could not be permitted to go alone. So Mum, who hated confrontations, felt obliged to escort her. And then my sister tagged along. The attendant was never going to be left out of the excitement and had unhitched the twist in her sari and joined the masked lineup. I scooted off to grab my mask and slippers, but Gran said strictly, No boys. If it was only women, they'd be okay. If there were men, things might escalate. It made sense, but I was anxious about them going out and courting trouble. Dad knew nothing of all this busy at work at his computer. I said I'd wait downstairs, but indoors, on hand if needed. She agreed to that but fixed me with a gimlet eye. Only if needed. I promised. The two outside were still arguing. She'd got her phone back, but he still wasn't handing over her bag. She was talking calmly, insisting he return it. She wasn't getting back on his motorbike no matter what, so he might as well hand over her things. He was terribly excitable holding her bag such that she'd have to reach across his body to get it, then slapping her hand away when she reached for it, thumping the petrol tank of his bike, wagging his finger threateningly in her face, still shouting. The fabulous four marched out with Ruby Gran in the lead, all wearing the colourful masks she'd efficiently rustled up from old bedsheets and pillowcases. She called her troops to order. There was to be no confrontation. Only silent witness. A moderate distance away from the couple, they stopped and stood and stared. Those masks made the whole scene look awfully sinister. 
It took a few moments for the girl to notice them, but she'd calmed down by then, so there was no reaction from her. The chap noticed a while later. He did a distinct double take. Even still, knowing he was being witnessed, he couldn't wrestle himself back into control. He was yelling and twisting the bag this way and that. To give the devil his due, he hadn't roughed her up that I could see, whatever Grand's attendant had said. He hadn't laid a finger on her. He obviously wanted her back, but had gone and done something to infuriate her. And now she wasn't having any of it. And he didn't know how to switch off the angry young man. As I watched, other women and girls in the community started coming out of their houses. This was a very different species of masked superhero. They all took Gran's lead, stopped a safe distance away and stood staring at the warring couple. The community was taking a solid stand. Women against the wicked world. It was a most effective pressure tactic. Even I felt it. And I hadn't done anything wrong. Other than being born male, that was. That chap must have been feeling it in spades. He resisted for a while, hoping to convince the girl and salvage some shred of dignity. But finally surrendered and handed over her bag. She accepted it grimly, slung it on her shoulder and walked away down the quiet road, not acknowledging her supporters by so much as a word or a glance. Gran kept her troops standing for a few more minutes while he removed his helmet and mopped his face or wiped his tears, I don't know which. I felt sorry for the guy. Sometimes we chaps bumble over the macho line and don't know how to haul ourselves back. And this had been a very public humiliation. With so little entertainment in the last few days, every window and balcony had filled with watchers. Of course, it was a hot dinner topic, with everyone weighing in with their opinion. Ruby Grand, the old romantic, hoped they'd sort it out. They were young, she said. A time to make mistakes and corrections. But she was going to make up another batch of masks, she declared, to have on hand to give away. It was just old fabrics and a few minutes at the sewing machine, she insisted. No one even tried to dissuade her. My sister said she hoped the girl would jolly well make him grovel. Mum was the voice of reason, trying to soothe everyone's agitation. I agreed with Gran's nurse and stated emphatically that they should never have been out romancing at all in the time of corona, masked or unmasked. But nobody supported our eminently sensible stance. Dad refused to be drawn into the discussion, but carried on chowing down in silence. So, that was the end of that, I thought. But what do you know? The story has a sequel. A few days later, still during lockdown, I might add, I'd just finished sweeping the house and was relaxing over a video game when I heard a long hoot of a motorbike horn. I ignored it. But not, as you can imagine, Gran's nurse. She came scrambling in from the balcony, pulling up her face mask as if getting ready for battle, shrieking that it was the same lovers. There were another few long toots outside, 
and soon the whole neighborhood was hanging out our balconies and peering out the windows. She sat behind him, clearly pleased as punch, with her arms wrapped tight around his middle and her body pressed to his social distancing be damned. At least they were both properly masked this time. He had his helmet off. They waved all around and informed us in this simple manner that God was in his heaven and all was right with their world and love's young dream had been restored. The street resounded with claps and hoots and cheers as everyone rejoiced for them. It was something to celebrate with otherwise only doom and gloom stories everywhere and threats of lockdown extensions and incarceration forever and ever. He revved his bike and strapped his helmet back on and they roared off into the yonder, she blowing a kiss to Ruby Gran as she flew past. It really was quite a gracious thank you gesture. Despite the entertainment value and all, I still maintain they ought to have stayed safely at home. 